the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I don't like pain. Whenever I'm sick, I want the doctor to give me something right away that will fix it up. When I go to see movies, I don't like to pay money to go watch tragedies. I want something in another category, a comedy or an action movie or something else. I don't like pain, but today we cannot avoid pain. Pain is brought front and center to us as we walk the way of the cross on this evening. And I want to talk about this evening because we have Jesus who's innocent and pure, who is beaten and bruised and killed in a grotesque fashion. And yet, as we go along in this, we call it good. Good Friday. Eastern Orthodox even call it great. And somebody on the outside looking in who just hears only what I've said so far will look at this and say, I don't understand why this is called Good Friday. Why is it not called Bad Friday or Gross Friday or something else? Are they people who relish in cruelty? Are they sadists? So this evening what I'd like to do is a little reflection to look at why we call this Good Friday, even Great Friday. In doing it, I want to look at it from a number of different angles and ultimately to see in the midst of the pain, to see the love and the hope that's there. A lot of my ministry has been devoted to helping people who are at the door of faith, people who are wanting to come in or who've left and are wanting to come back or are struggling in that place. And I find that people who are there, the number one objection to why they don't want to go back or go forward is because of the problem of suffering and pain and what to do with it. And they don't understand it and they don't have an answer and they can't figure out how this God would allow all this. And I think more than any other day in the life of the church, this is the day that I would love to have those people here and let them see what we're about and talking about as we look at Jesus on the cross. Now, I should start in reflecting on this by just saying I, there's no simple answer to the problem of pain and suffering. I mean, theologians and philosophers forever have looked at that issue, and there is no pithy little answer to it. I saw a quote recently from the late Billy Graham where he said this, I've been asked hundreds of times in my life why God allows tragedy and suffering. I have to confess that I really do not know the answer totally even to my own satisfaction. I have to accept by faith that God is sovereign and He's a God of love and mercy and compassion in the midst of suffering. There is no little pithy answer to it, and I wonder sometimes if we're wrong to even seek one. We read the whole book of Job, and we don't get the answer in that way. But I think if we can get to a place of being able to accept that pain and suffering involves mystery, and if we can get to a place where we're willing to walk, even if we don't have all the, everything figured out, then I think there are insights to be gained today as we walk the way of the cross. The beginning place, I think, is to think about how God came amongst us, and we celebrate that, of course, at Christmas, the fact that God didn't just stay way off somewhere looking in on us and our suffering, but He came into our world. But it's one thing to have that image for a moment. 
And to see Jesus with his rosy cheeks on his mother's lap at Christmas. And then come forward to the 33-year-old man who's dying a grotesque death. It changes how we see things. Pope John Paul II spoke to this and said the following. God is not someone who remains outside of the world, content to be himself, all-knowing, omnipotent. His wisdom and omnipotence are placed by free choice at the service of creation. If suffering is present in the history of humanity, one understands why his omnipotence was manifested in the omnipotence of humiliation of the cross. The scandal of the cross remains the key to the interpretation of the great mystery of suffering, which is so much a part of the history of mankind. Christ is proof of God's solidarity with man in his suffering. And for those of us who've suffered, or whenever we're suffering, there's something about coming to this day where we see Jesus betrayed, we see him abandoned, we see him spat upon, we see him stripped, we see him beaten, bruised, bloodied. We see him on the cross mocked. We see him on the cross worrying about who's going to care for his mother after he's gone. We see all these different elements of his suffering and then ultimately his death itself. And there are moments when life is full of pain and hard when there's something, I will admit, deeply satisfying about seeing him in that way. And I don't know always what the answer is going to be, but I know he's not far off, but he's in the middle of it, tasting every bit of the suffering that the world passes out. And it changes how we approach him. The Anglican uh, evangelist John Stott once said this, I could never myself believe in God if it were not for the cross. In the real world of pain, how could one worship a God who was immune to it? The only God I believe in is the one Nietzsche ridiculed as a God of the cross. That's the God for me. So I think the first reason we look at why this day is great is because God has entered not just our world, but fully into our pain and suffering. And I think the second thing that goes with it pretty quickly is the why. And we get that what's behind him doing that is his great love. We get the passage, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. We get Jesus who tells us straight up that no greater love does anybody have than this, to lay down their life for their friends. Jesus does that today. He lays down his life for his friends, for us. And we see that great love. There's no way to end this day at Calvary and not see God's love. The 14th century mystic Julian of Norwich wrote about all the ways we encounter divine love, and this was one of the preeminent ones that she held up, seeing Jesus on the cross. I know for me, whenever I need to experience love or understand love, that I'm loved, looking on the cross, preferably even at times for me a crucifix, reminds me of how much God loves. I think today is really one of the greatest days in the whole church calendar. And for me, maybe it's the greatest. Because, you know, East, I mean, Christmas is great because we think about God enters the world. And Easter is great because God, the Son, is risen. 
But to me, the whole plan comes down to this moment. Will God really go through with it? Will he really die on the cross? Will he really do it all? And the answer is yes. So to me, this day is a great day, a fantastic day in that way. But it's, not, it's left there if we don't read the rest of it, if we don't see it in its full context. I think it's still beautiful. I think we still get that it's God. But this whole way of the cross is the way of life because it's walked in the shadow of Easter. It's this idea that the Easter ultimately means that everything that happens on this day is full of hope. And it's an important part of, of the message itself. I read recently that a number of people who are happy with the stations of the cross, like the ones we have in the back now, is such a great tool for helping us walk this way of the cross and remember what Jesus went through. But a number of people have begun, begun to say that there should be a 15th station, the resurrection, because somehow the 14 ones that go before it don't cry out with the hope unless you have that 15th station. I think they're really, at the end of the day, they're asking to make explicit what is already implicit. That it's God who's dying and he will be raised. And it's full of hope and redemption and that's why it's the way of the cross and that's why it's good and that's why it's great. And I think we see Jesus on that cross. We know he's God just by how he behaves. Ministering from the cross, forgiving his killers, everything he does showing love. So I think I'll come back to where we started. Why is this day good? Why do we call it good? Why does part of the church call it great? Because in what he does, we see God not only enter our world, but taste the fullness of suffering. In it, we see the incredible love that God has for us, for each of us here. And in it, we see the path of hope. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, who stretched out your arms of love on the hardwood of the cross, that everyone might come within reach of your saving embrace. We thank you for your love shown to us on the cross. We pray that you would clothe us in your spirit to share that love in the world. We pray this to your honor and your glory. Amen.